0: <laughs> Yo I'll tell you what I want what I really really want. Don't tell me what you want, what you really really want. I'll tell you what I want what
1: I really really want. Don't tell me what you want, what you really really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I Nicholas Gruin, happy Canberra Day Are you there? Oh I press the button. Nick I'll do it again. Nicholas Gruin, happy Canberra. Day.
0: Hello, it, it is Canberra Day, isn't it?
1: It is it its Well, actually, the holiday was on Monday, but this is the actual birthday.
0: This is the actual birthday, and it's also one hundred and two. It is. Oh no, you you. It's not one hundred and two degrees in the old numbers. <laughs> it means you're... Canberra is one hundred and two. Remember
1: you. that, because you and I are about the same age. And you know, when it got to that, you're allowed to go home from school. It was about one hundred and two. Uh, well,
0: I wasn't in Canberra at the school age, uh, where well, I was, but I don't remember that. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. One hundred. Now we're now we're back, now we're back to the temperature rather yeah. than the age. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: You know, I, we used to used to watch you used to watch the gauge. You go, go on, get to. I think it was either one hundred and two or one hundred and four. You're allowed well, to I go home. I thought it was
0: a hundred. But anyway, ah.
1: yeah. People will and, ring yeah, in and tell I, me.
0: I had a brief unhappy period at a. In well, it was in first grade at um, what was then, um, well, it's now uh, the Education Resource Centre at the at the uh, Griffith Shops. It was Griffith Primary. Oh, okay. And I had missed Sherlock, and I went in. You know, I was I was a little
1: one, great, little curly headed fellow.
0: I'm going to tell you, a, you know, just a very. I hope you're going to be moved by this story. Oh, okay. You'll you'll also think typical, but. Uh, so, Miss Sherlock there's a lot of noise, and Miss Sherlock said, uh, "Stop scuff um, no more scuffling of your feet, well, of course, I hadn't scuffled my feet. I didn't really know what scuffling my feet was, but i there was one way to find out, which was to sort of scuffle them a bit. Miss Sherlock was not impressed. Mm. she thought I was defying her, whereas what I was trying to do was in my little year one brain was trying to Kind of come to terms with what scuffling one, with one, what scuffling one's feet meant. So that was my introduction.
1: N- N- it's best you get it out now. Yeah, I feel this has stayed with you.
0: The interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those sort of terrible Winslow boy injustices in life.
0: Well, well, and they're all such small injustices. Yeah, they're they're small and inexplicable. I injustices. know. But, but it was
1: yes. So you were just trying to work out what she meant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, she took offence, as I can well understand she might, but uh, it was a misunderstanding. You thought you were being uh, defiant, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it was my first day and uh, I didn't know what scuffling might (laughs) be. I lived on a farm.
1: I think it's to be encouraged. <laughs> we'll have scuffling your feet day to go with Canberra day. We'll it,
0: yeah, that's right. Thank you. Compulsory.
1: Uh, apparently it's now um, uh, a retirement nursing home.
0: Oh no! Well, it, I think it is on the other side. side. Quite a. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, answer called. An there's also an education mm. resource centre
1: there. Right. And I
0: remember walking down the stairs and into this. What was to meet, having not it? with runes leading off it and thinking what will become of them? But anyway, I've told you what the game. is. And you've become,
1: you've become my favourite economist dubbed That's by fun. Anne Carl-Lambert oh, who's just I'm tweeted saying, to... yay, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: validation. This is validation. Miss Sherlock, eat your heart out. <laughs> Where are you, Miss Sherlock? Well, but she was a nice lady, I'm sure she
1: nice. I think it was just a communication breakdown it there. Was? Yeah, what? yeah.
0: So much of life
1: is now. Speaking of communication, Nicholas. Yep. Yes. Is yes. it is it data or data?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, what do I say? Data. I say data.
1: Because it was so funny. I think I was watching the last Leg, which I really like with Adam mm-hmm. Hills. Yeah. And Josh screamed at him. Oh, for God's sake! It's data. Oh, okay. I think that's the English thing.
0: Oh no! Well, in England, it would be where you come from in England. Uh, okay. It would be up north, and London would be data. data. I data. I don't quite pick run for data, but I think I say data, but I might say data at times.
1: Data, data.
0: And the other thing is that data is plural, but I most people
1: ah yes
0: it, most people use it as a singular, and I tend to use it as a singular. As my brother pointed out when he saw my column written about data, and he said, oh, so you've decided data is singular, because it's a bit of a matter of... Um,
1: so what is the singular form?
0: Singularity. What's that? What is oh, the... datum. Datum.
1: datum. datum. Of datum. course it's it is. Latin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, your brainy brother.
0: Yeah, well, he's got two PhDs. I've only got one. You know how it is.
1: <laughs> Sherlock, are you listening?
0: Some people just can't make up their minds. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's so, so, looking upwards. I only did it for three years. He did it for a bit. Uh, you know? uh, so who's you know? Anyway, the so Gruen and boys. Most people would probably prefer to be on the two side of the PhD. List yeah, I think. Mm, one, but, I'm yeah.
1: impressed. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's my very honest BA. Um, and now, <laughs> so let's say data. You you reckon we've got the wrong metaphor?
0: Yes. So we're we're falling for. I didn't used to, used to use the word neoliberal as a boo word, but I'm sort of starting to do so. And uh, we're falling for a metaphor of the metaphor of property. So we're falling for the metaphor that data is property. And then the question is, whose property is it? And then once you work that out, everything else follows. And the problem with that is that um, I have no problem with people saying I want to have control over you know, my personal shopping data and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think I just said data rather than data, but there you are. Um, I have no problem with that, but the idea of... I'm going to say data now. You've made me self-conscious. I'm,
1: sorry. I'm really the sorry about it. The idea
0: of data being property is a really problematic notion, and the reason it's problematic is that data can be used in an, in an infinite number of different ways, and... Uh, that is a very, very useful thing to for it to uh, f- for us to do so in um, in the eighties Fiona Stanley and her mm-hmm. team of people in w a did a lot of uh, data analysis and showed the link in Western Australia. It had already been turned up in the literature more generally but showed the link between folic acid and uh, in pregnant mothers and the prevalence of spina bifida and based on that we're able to reduce the incidence of spina bifida in New South- in Western Australia and she's done all sorts of remarkable things which got her recognition as Australian of the Year in 2003.
1: And that's a standard now, if you're preparing right. to be now, pregnant you take folic acid. Yeah, That's
0: right, yeah. now she was engaged in the brazen stealing of people's Personal private data. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody's privacy was ever uh, was ever compromised because all the data is anonymized, But she's using data that people haven't give given her personal permission to have. So this metaphor that we have of data as property uh, leads to a, a high transactions costs world where you're running around trying to get permission from everyone. If I get rung up once more by, a, you know, by people surveying me, and then telling me that I have the ability to hang up on them, and that, you know, that the following, the following um, yep. safeguards will be followed. Whenever they ring me, I say, look, if we can go straight to the survey without all these disclaimers, that's fine with me. Otherwise, I'll see you later. So we're encrusting ourselves with all these permissions, and sometimes it's just an irritation, as with the people who ring us up. But sometimes it really matters uh, because there's a lot of data out there and we can mm. generate a lot of really very valuable knowledge from that data. And if we um, go through these uh, goody-goody routines of telling everybody exactly what the data that we're asking from them will be used for, well, guess what? We'll find new ways of using those data. There we are. That's a plural data. Mm. We'll find new ways of using all that stuff in a way that is beneficial and yet we won't be able to go back and ask every person, won't be able to find mm. every person and but, so
1: on. But Nicholas Grun, uh, my yep. favourite economist, um, is your Fiona Stan- Stanley example, um, yep. an ultimate example of for good, something, you know, that yep. being used for good. Right. There yep. are more sinister ways that it can mm. be used.
0: Indeed, in which case we need, and I'm not denying that, and I'm in which case we need to make uh, law in a way and, 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 and arrange our practice in a way that protects people from those harms. And the main harm that people are concerned about is privacy. So in my view if data is anonymized uh, then uh, anyone should be able to use it in any way they like. Uh, so. Uh, And and I suppose you can say, well, um, you know, they might use it in a bad way. Well, yes, that's Mm. true. People use the census for marketing and sometimes they use it for push polling and all sorts of things. But I think that is a much better world than a world in which all of the incredibly beneficial ways that we can use knowledge and use data are crippled, as it is crippled right now within government by an inability to link data, an inability to really find out what the data would be able to tell us. So within government now, you've got very good data sets in Department of Education, Department of Health, uh, and uh, in all sorts of other places. And most of that data has been collected using often legislated specification saying it can only be used for this or for that and we've got into this habit of reassuring people that we're only using data for this reason or that reason and that means that if we want to interrogate the health data to see its relationship with educational attainment with a view to improving education and the link between the health system and the education system We've got a, 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 a provision in a parliamentary act saying I mean, you can't do that. That's a terrible statement.
1: But what would, what is a better way to deal with it all and have it available for those good purposes and then protect against the bad?
0: Well, I think what you would do is you would you would have a much freer. Well, basically, I would say that you should. I can't think of a case where you should. Um, have to specify the ways in which data will be used. Uh, so that's the first thing. You should, be, you should specify that you will protect the privacy of the data, that uh, you will be party to codes of conduct about protecting the privacy of the data. We, we also have to understand that in today's world of um, IT, Uh, It's not possible to go very far in linking data uh, and be absolutely certain that no one can de-anonymise it. That is to do a sort of a jigsaw puzzle matching Mm -hmm. process and find out that this person is actually, you know, that the person who's reported, uh, you know, liver cancer in their family actually lives in Deakin and, you know, and, and by various other means find that the particular house. now. Uh, firstly, we try and release data in a way that makes that very difficult. We can, we basically can't release any data if we want to sign on a stack of Bibles that it, that it is impossible. And then we criminalize the misuse of de-anonymized data. So then, yes, occasionally somebody might be able to de-anonymize some data. They can't make any money out of it. An insurance company can't use it. Uh, so, so those are the kinds of things I would do, and I would also, uh, you know, I would also be very keen to build linked data sets uh, of government and anyone else who wants to, uh, you know, you might opt in to to, to that. One might donate one's data to, to science in the way we donate bodies to science. Uh, you know, the, the, an agenda which addresses the positive side of data and, trust me it 's got a very mm. positive side it 's just that you can do absolute marvels uh, and then says, yes, these things that we 're freaked out about, these things that we find creepy we 're going to take them seriously, but we're not but we 're not we 're going to do everything we can to do that without getting in the way of the huge dividend of social and economic benefit that can come from Uh, being able to use this data in a a freer way. It's certainly the
1: other other side of the argument. Sorry, Nicholas.
0: Yes, no. I'd say one other thing, Mm -hmm. which is that we can take this property metaphor and just talk about control rather than it being one's property. And and then, and this is something they're working on in the UK, and we've done basically pretty much nothing on it. Um, And they've got a huge partnership of large firms, Smallish firms and eight large government agencies and they're trying to build a system in which People can control their own data So you have a file on the internet which has a lot of data of yours and then a bank say and then you say I want to bank with Barclays Bank and then you tick some permissions so Barclays can know you know your address and your name and your date of birth and this and that but they can't have your medical record and so on so we could move toward, if we try and think, rethink this around people's needs, we end up with a much better result than if we think about it in terms of property rights and, and the, the, the purchase and sale of data.
1: Dr. Nicholas Gruen is with me, um, known as my favourite economist. Uh, You're on 666. It's coming up to 12 to 328 degrees in town. And, and Nicholas, just before I let you go, you um, pointed me to this really interesting case um, at the University of Queensland where the university has warned an economist that he faces dismissal if he continues research into the attitudes of bus drivers. It was a study into racism.
0: Yeah, so what happened was uh, the the economist, a guy called Paul Freitas, who's a professor at, of economics at the University of Queensland, supervised a student who ran an experiment and students would get onto a bus with a card that didn't have enough money in it. When the card went off and the reader said they didn't have enough money, they said to the bus driver, I'm sorry, but I really need to get a kilometre down the road. Would you mind if you'd give me a ride? And the result was that something like, and um, these numbers aren't exact, but, you know, something like 56% of people were given the ride by the bus driver, and but, but the, uh, the sting in the tail is that 77% of white people got the ride and 30% of black people got the free ride. So uh, when this was uh, in its being published as a draft, the university got a nasty letter from the bus company and then went into suppression mode and suppressed this study on the basis that it didn't pass ethics approval. Now in fact an independent officer in the university had given it a tick and said that that um, that it looked okay to them but then when the professor persevered they demoted him and this is just obviously an example of using ethics approval to uh, it's really PR approval, and it's protecting the university against uh, the very thing you would have thought open and independent inquiry should be all about.
1: So the university says it was concerned there was no voluntary informed consent from bus yeah. drivers.
0: Yeah, well, well, if you want voluntary informed consent, how can you possibly do the experiment? What I would say is that uh, I'd like to see the bus company uh, tell us that they don't ever... Um, that, that, that everybody that goes on the bus that gives them information about the quality of the bus driver has got voluntary informed consent from the bus driver that they're allowed to do that it 's a ridiculous requirement mm-hmm. and it 's not a requirement that the bus company itself, if it was a good bus company, would take seriously What, what do you
1: think about about risk. the you know that avenue of testing racism
0: well I mean let me say this: I think if I'd been tested and I'd been one of the bus drivers, I I wouldn't be at all surprised if I didn't come up all that well. So it's a, uh, I, I mean, if we're going to use it to point the finger and say you're a horrible racist, I don't feel that good about it. If we're going to use it to say this is what our society's like and this is what it's like for someone who's the wrong colour uh, from the point of view of the majority, then I think it's great. And um, and and generally speaking, I'm very strongly in favour of knowing things rather than suppressing them. Uh, but I'm not on, not in favour of getting on my high horse. And if I had to guess, I'd say I probably would be guilty of the same racism as the bus drivers. Uh, I hope I wouldn't be, and I hope I wouldn't be to that extent. But um, who knows? I certainly don't have any great confidence in that. So
1: it was a result that was pretty uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it's an uncomfortable result. And that's, uh, gee, if we're not... Uh, if we're not able to make life uncomfortable for people, I'm not quite sure where the aspirations for independent inquiry where where that lies. Um, you know, the, the 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 truth is sometimes uncomfortable, and we need to we need to hear
1: about it. Uh, and Nicholas, just before I let you go, I, you talked about you know and people who want to donate their bodies to science. I've, I've got a friend um, who's yep. and she she inquired about this, and you have to be. Um, below 70 kilograms. If you're a woman, I see. And I thought, gee, in in our population at the moment,
0: mm. well, that's very intriguing. I I suggest you ring them, and they might the people who are administering oh. this regime might make a very interesting interview. Subject, I'd be very intrigued to know what that's all about. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I was she was quite shocked. This is my friend, and because yeah. she said no, like I want, I rang and they said no. You have to be under seventy kilograms. I, I don't know what the weight is for a man, but I thought, oh, quite intriguing. a few people. <laughs>
0: Budget cuts. They're they're taking bodies for science by the kilo. It seems. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> I will follow it through. You've made me think yes, about it let's now. Do. Let's uh, do. Nicholas, wonderful. Off you go in a soft shoe scuffle. Thank
0: you. Oh, yes, a scuffle indeed. That's right. <laughs> right. Hi, Miss Sherlock.
1: Hi, Miss Sherlock. She wouldn't have no. meant it either. It was just, no, of course not. I, be, I think no, it's no. best no, it's, it's out no, now, no. though.
0: Just a wound that's <laughs> been there for
1: By getting it out, it's healing now. It's healing already. Possible. Don't you, Nicholas? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Dr. Nicholas Gruen, my favourite economist.